We're still continuing with highlighting the work uh, of CAN. CAN stands for the Community Action Network. And one person, of course, who has been hugely busy uh, in the past, particularly over the last couple of years, uh, uh, and certainly now, is Liz Soft. Now, Liz, you, you have the, uh, the title of, uh, is it Volunteer Coordinator? That's right, yeah, that's me. So what, I'm going to say what does that entail, but it's pretty <laughs> obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I, I work on the Volunteer Hub, so I help organisations find volunteers, and I also help volunteers find volunteer roles. So that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. Now, how long have you been working for CAN? Just over a year now. So you were sort of halfway through the pandemic. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you would have joined. I mean, I was amazed, actually, because obviously through, through the past two years, we, we've, we've done a lot of work with, with CAN. And I know that there's been literally hundreds of volunteers that came forward to help in all sorts of different ways. So you were coming in on, on the back of that initial wave. Yeah. So originally, I think they opened up the, um, the BIC for the mass vaccination site in the January. So I started early February. So I was a month month into it um, and it was already really really busy so I think we had 2,000 people come forward to put their name down to be um, can uh, vaccine champions and, and volunteers mm. and marshals so very well, very busy when you get so many people <laughs> and it was an army of, mm. pe- of people coming forward it must have pre- pre- you know, presented some real challenges in terms of coordination and keeping track on those people not to mention of course the skills that every volunteer brings with them because in many ways those skills are individual aren't they Yes, yeah, definitely. We were really fortunate. We had a really good team of um, senior volunteer coordinators who um, were there to help with all the training, with all the um, the, the questions that everyone had. So we, we did a lot of online um, inductions with people so they could get an idea of what the role was going to be. So you are a Zoom coordinator oh, par excellence. Yeah, we, we had someone who was much better than me at it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. they they were fantastic and they just got everyone involved and and talk to them over you know online as everyone was doing and um and then they all met together in person at the bic which was um which was amazing wasn't it now so you, you brought a couple of volunteers uh, with you today and we're yeah. going to be talking to them through the program but what what but what, what did peter uh, and olivia do um so pete's been with us from the day two haven't you was day it two. day two yeah from at the uh, vaccine sites so he's one of our um covid marshals uh, so he's been with us for well over a year um and he's also worked with diversibility um a charity i know well. it well yeah <laughs> and um olivia is one of our trustees um but she's also worked with as a vaccine marshal um and she's worked with a dance charity as well as working with health Wiltshire dorset as well, well. We're, well we're going to be talking to them both <laughs> about why they've been attracted to you know to to volunteer and of course the impact that that has made both on themselves of course and on in the tremendous work uh, that, mm. that they do representing an army of yes. people who do a whole load of different things so when you came along a year ago um did you did you have a bit of an action uh, thing to work on i mean where did you start yeah it was a 
bit of a baptism of fire. I just sort of just got stuck in. Um, it was their very welcoming, you know, community action network, a great organisation to and work for. You've just for. moved home, haven't you? Yeah, well, I I was working for another organisation for twenty years before, so it was a complete change of of direction for me um, coming into a sort of a charity. So I was having to sort of learn as I went, and also just getting involved with everything that they were doing and sort of learning as I went along. Um, but they are really supportive, and it's a it's a great great place to be. Now, obviously, the, through the pandemic, the needs were very off. Mm. I mean, isolation was a mega thing. Obviously, mm. the vaccination centres that, that you've mentioned, which had to be manned and so on, and which, yeah. and which frankly, couldn't have operated really mm. without the whole army of yes, people. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that that's not going to go away because if we listen to the government, there's going to be a bit of a spring, one for vulnerable mm. people, you know, a top up, as it were, mm. and then another, another round of vaccinations coming in the autumn mm. uh, before the winter sets in. So I suppose that need uh, is going to be, you know, it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, I think so. And they're looking at the, the children, aren't they? Five to 11 year olds. So sure. that's so vulnerable mm-hmm. children that that's going through at the moment and then it will be the five to 11 year olds. But of course, you know, in terms of can and your work as a volunteer coordinator, mm. it's not just about those things. It's about a mm. whole range. Yes. Because you, is it 500 organisations that you've got? Yeah, yeah. Just under that at the moment, so we're we're really fortunate. We can we can meet with lots of different um, organisations, find out about what they're doing, um, look at their needs, look at who they're they're needing to um, have volunteer wise, and and work with them to give them support in finding those people, and also working with them once they've got the volunteers as well. So it doesn't just end there. This is Hope FM. Well, our very special uh, focus on today's programme is CAN, that's the Community Action Network, and they coordinate a huge number of uh, volunteers, over 500 volunteers. Uh, voluntary organisations are affiliated to the organisation and literally literally thousands of volunteers are, are uh, engaged with the organisation in one way or the other and one of them as we've just heard from Liz, from, uh, Liz a wee bit earlier on uh, is, um, is Peter. Peter, welcome. Now, Thank you very much. So what is it that, uh, that attracted you to, the, to being a volunteer? Was that during the pandemic? It was. Um, I think it was uh, December 2020 and the uh, and we had a call out that went out, I think, on Facebook, and I picked up on it. Uh, I'm a chartered accountant, and I'm kind of transitioning away from that and sort of slowly retiring. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, it was one of those opportunities where I said, "I need to be involved in this," and uh, and there it was. So you obviously you you saw the helpline, did you? And yeah. made made the call as so many people did. Tell us about what actually happened then, from the point of view, you know, making contact with Can. Uh, so got in touch with the guys and then we had a, a Zoom call and a training session and it was all a little bit scary then because the fact the first vaccine I think had just been given in December 2020 and everyone was just about locked down. And so in a way you could have been putting yourself in harm's way. Did, I suppose um, that thought must have went through your head. Absolutely. I went to the mass vaccination centre on day two my friends and family said, that's an amazing thing to do, but are you really sure you want to do this? I wasn't sure if I was going to meet a bunch of people in hazmat suits and diving helmets. I had no idea. <laughs> I E.T., you know. <laughs> pretty scary, pretty scary. But yeah. we got in there, and uh, between the NHS and the volunteers and the security staff and everybody in the big, we suddenly started to kind of gel as a unit. 
but in the first few days, it was it was interesting. A bit chaotic. <laughs> a bit chaotic. Uh, well, yeah. um, the the NHS guys had kind of set it up, but I remember standing on the front door on the second day that we opened. Um, and we were having a lot of the 80 and 90 year old guys coming through, fantastic people, absolutely. And they hadn't been out for a year. And, uh, uh, and there were little meetings going on behind me about what I should be doing. And then someone would give me the instruction. And then an hour later, we'd say, that doesn't really work. And we, you know, slowly over the next few weeks uh, and over the months, we, we honed it into a, you know, a really good a situation. A well-oiled machine. <laughs> well, and we needed to when we had those massive queues in the, you know, yeah. towards the, uh, towards the summer. Mm. Yeah. So did, did you get inoculated yourself in the early oh, stages? That was the most bizarre thing. And I think that's the reason I was all in. Uh, day two, uh, one of the coordinators came up to me and said, um, would you like the vaccine? And, and I actually looked through her. I was like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You know, and, uh, and she said, yeah, would you like the vaccine? And I said, uh, okay, and, uh, and 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 I had it because at that stage um, they didn't know whether, for example, if I'd had the vaccine, then that would protect other people from the virus. That, that was sure, still yeah. that was still like a, an unknown. So they decided to vaccinate everybody in the centre because we were obviously meeting an enormous amount of people, and there were a lot of vulnerable older people coming through at that stage. And I cycled back on a barrel to. Um, boss compare and i rang my wife and i said you, you just cannot believe what has just happened to me and unfortunately i think that was the that was the point i was all in and, and it's now a year and a bit later <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's fantastic i mean a you, you, you volunteer because you want to make a, a difference in the face of need and it, it, it's not sort of playing the thing down that you were potentially putting yourself in harm's way because the as we all know now that the particularly you know the, those early strains of the virus were were very very in, infectious and people some people were getting very ill many people were dying yeah. I yeah. but i mean if you felt that everybody coming through must have felt something of that themselves did you pick up the sort of fear and apprehension in people as they uh we we saw a lot of people who were very scared and, and one of the skills that we you had to end up picking up was even if there was a big queue and there was somebody who wasn't very happy then we'd go and find that person and either talk to them or pull them out of the queue and put them through the center so you know uh we had one guy who was sort of um slightly scared and uh, fully tattooed absolutely fully tattooed and uh we said, are you okay? Because you look really nervous in the queue. And he said, oh, I'm actually scared of needles, which was just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a common thing. I mean, I, oh, really? some people, you just got to show them a needle and they're, they're gone, they're out, you know, the fins. <laughs> I don't know whether you had that at the centre. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we had all sorts of people in all age groups and all professions. We yeah. saw absolutely yeah. everybody. And the British public, I mean, you know, I, I mean, what a privilege to be able to see you know, a whole range of the British public and see, you know, just see Bournemouth and, and his surrounding. Although people did travel an enormous amount of miles to come in for their vaccine. Oh, it's, just, it's just been an amazing experience. When we saw our first 18-year-old, I think it was maybe August, mm. I'm saying to say, or September, the whole centre was like, wow, we finally got to the 18-year-olds. And, and that, was a, that was a huge moment. I know we went down in age group again, but yeah. at that stage, we, you know, we'd basically done just about the full mm -hmm. adult population. So it was an amazing moment. Amazing well, moment. I went to Eiford Church, I think, for my... Um, for my I think it was the second one I went there, and the uh, but I, it was. I mean, I said a well-oiled machine. You know, it certainly was. You know, the the uh, one volunteer came out with a little iPad and took my details, and and then then when I went in, then I had to go to a desk and go through the. <laughs> 
you know, all the details again. And then I was shown, you know, where to sit and reassured <laughs> and all of that. And even afterwards, you know, I mean, I couldn't leave. You know, I had to stay for, I think it was 15 minutes. You just stayed there now. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was it was just it was just amazing. I mean, everyone was in a really really positive mood because, you know, uh, for once in your life, it was um, with the vaccination program. It was a little bit more useful if you were older. Um, and I, you know, I mean, sometimes we get people in the queue and uh, they'd say, "Oh, you know, is there, what about the side effects of the vaccine?" I said, "To be honest, I'm just a person off the street. I'm just sure. a volunteer." Um, but our CNHS people, I, I mean, I have heard that it, it potentially makes you younger. <laughs> I wondered, I wondered, you know, why you were blossoming this Thank morning. You you know, so the secret, the secret is that I'm no doubt you've had the the, the, the three now. I have you? had the three. <laughs> so you're addicted to the vaccine. <laughs> vaccine. Yeah. Uh, but of course, some people did have a, a, a bit of a negative reaction to it. Was that pretty evident? You know, at the, soon after the vaccination had been applied, there were people maybe uh, you know, had some after effects. Yeah, we had we had some people who. Uh, maybe fainted but i i don't know of anyone that was that was really ill and i spent an enormous amount of time at the beck i think also you know some people were just so relieved that that you know maybe that that was the kind of reason um but overall you know generally people were fine and if there was any problem at all um you know there were loads of nhs staff and the st john's ambulance people who i forgot about obviously they were they were great as well they were there all the time but we didn't really use the guys that much so not only peter are you addicted you know to uh, to getting the vaccine now but but of course you're addicted to volunteering aren't you uh possibly yes i think uh, this is who i am now um you know, I've been a chartered accountant for 35 years. I'm now someone different, and that makes an enormous... So you now know possibly what you could do in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think I'm sort of basically all in. So it, it's great at the moment. We're still doing the vaccine programme, but actually opportunities are kind of coming up in, in various other charities. And I'm just looking around. There's a few of us now because we've made some amazing friendships. And it's difficult when you're older to make like really loads of new friends. But one thing that's come out of volunteering is I, I have a fantastic group of new mates. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And of course, that that is one of the benefits because I mean, I used to always say I work for the YMCA, you know, pretty much uh, all of my working life. But I used to say, you know, volunteering is very selfish. Uh, uh, but I want, but it's positively selfish yeah. in the sense that everybody's got these wonderful gifts and abilities. And of course, you know, you, no doubt you. Like everybody else, Pete will have yours, you know. And uh, but you learn, you can learn all sorts of new skills, and of course, meeting people and developing new friendships, as you say, is is yeah. a big one, you know. Yeah. I think you're gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to find time to, to you know, going forward into yeah. deciding what you're yeah. what you're going to do, uh, and so on. now um, obviously you're running as well, so you're fundraising. Uh, as- wow! So uh, actually, funny enough, for my fiftieth birthday, I did the London Marathon for um, Action Aid. And, uh, you know, I'm it's obviously radio seeking, but I'm a slightly large bloke, but I made it round no problem at all. Um, but I've sort of sort of moved a little bit more now uh, as I get older into fancy dress running, really. And, uh, what were you dressed Slowing up? down. Uh, well, actually, funny enough, uh, we do the wine run at Denbury's Wine Estate each year. Uh, so a couple of years ago, we were dressed as Minnie Mouse. Uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was quite good. But, yeah, I'm slowing down as I get older. You, you have to kind of protect some of the joints. Yeah. <laughs> More fun. Now, somebody listening to us, and how would you commend them trying volunteering? Because I know there's going to be some wonderful fairs coming along, which we're going to be hearing uh, about in just a moment or two. But, uh, but what would you say to people who are maybe thinking, should I, shouldn't I volunteer? 
I, I think just go and give it a go. Everybody I've faced off against from the volunteering world at the moment has been fantastic. I sat in a van um, for three days uh, in January uh, once with a friend of mine from the vaccine programme and two days with one of the uh, coordinators and collected Christmas trees <laughs> and I in, in the rain. And, and I was damp and I smelt of pine needles, but I had an absolutely amazing time. Now, that was for another charity, uh, wasn't for, it? Oh, That was actually for the diverse abilities people. But um, uh, to be fair, actually, just go out and give it a go. It's, it, 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 I don't know. I, I've just had a, I've had a super time. And it brings out skills. I mean, I'm a mathematician. It's brought out the social side of me. And now my social brain has taken over and my mathematical brain has park for a little while and no doubt you know when people find out that you're you know an accountant you had there no doubt that because there's lots of organizations there that need accountants so oh, maybe i yeah. shouldn't say that you know no, please please don't say that so peter, peter, <laughs> peter is not available for accountancy <laughs> but other other skills do apply yeah, that's right. yeah, they're, they're still training me at can so hopefully i'll have other skills apart from just being a mathematician <laughs> Somebody else who's enjoying herself is is Olivia. Hi, Olivia. Hiya. And welcome to the programme. Now, you volunteer a slightly different way because you're one of the trustees of CAN, the, or- the organisation that we've been featuring uh, all programme. What was it that, that uh, attracted you to become, well, a volunteer? Um, so I sort of tried volunteering out um, pre-pandemic and then as the pandemic kicked in, sort of similar to Pete, um, I just really felt, the need for community um it became really apparent that you know we all need to stick together and you know through various things whether it's covid or you know certain big projects or needs in the community i just felt like there was such a pull and as someone that had spare time and sort of energy to give i just felt like it made sense to go ahead sign up and just see what happens basically now you you must be amazed because obviously as a trustee of can of community action network itself i mean and the primary work of that organization being voluntary organizations and support off and of course the mobilization of literally as we know now thousands of you've been in the driving seat with with other colleagues seeing all of this happening have you been amazed absolutely amazed i think just the passion of everyone in this sector in this role all of the volunteers you know and everyone else on the board is just so enthusiastic and driven to helping others and making this work i think that's kind of the most amazing part of it now obviously a role of a trustee is is to sort of set the vision for organizations to be responsible for that and then uh, i suppose give guidance to the operational team who make it happen um but uh, what has it done for you as a as an individual that maybe you hadn't expected um i think it's it's really challenged my kind of thinking skills got me thinking outside the box about the way things work um how processes and things can be improved how we can work together and better use resources to make the most of things it's also really helped my confidence to be able to feel like i'm playing you know part of this amazing work even if it's just a small tiny piece you know it all comes together to make a big puzzle and i suppose if you had thought maybe a wee while ago you would have thought well would I really be sat in a radio studio <laughs> talking to some bloke? <laughs> but, you know, because again, you're this is voluntary role. You, you're here and you're you're using your skills in communication. Pete talked about you know developing friendships as well as developing new skills. Has that been important for you as well, meeting new people? Yeah, absolutely. I think like I, like I mentioned, the passion of everyone involved is just so strong, and everyone's got such 
brilliant intentions in doing this and making those relationships and those friendships within this has been so positive. It's been amazing to meet other people. Now, you didn't stop at Cannes because you you also joined Pavilion Dance. Yes. Uh, uh, what was it that attracted you there? Um, so I've been a dancer since I was five. <laughs> I've always so loved you dance. Were, dance is your passion? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So of. dressing up like Minnie Mouse or other pieces, Peter's and yours is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just think it's again such a brilliant charity, and the opportunity came up, and it's 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 a no brainer, you know. I mean, one of the one of the exciting things about any voluntary charity is sort of like uh, visioning, you know, and dreaming, you know, blue sky thinking. I think that's what they call it, and so on. Yeah. Have, have you been part of that? You know, what can we do? Where can we go? What difference can we make? Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's really exciting. I love that kind of element of brainstorming and just thinking. You know, where can where can we take it? How can we get there? And being able to be part of that process that sort of thinks, okay, what are we going to do to reach that goal? What deadline are we going to, you know, set for it? How's it going to work? It's really exciting, yeah. What was the scariest thing that you did as a volunteer? Like, like I know that I've met many volunteers, you know, over the years, including people, because our radio station here is pretty much 100% run by volunteers. We just have a very small ped uh, team, but most people are volunteering. But I often say to them, what was the scariest thing? Because actually, very often times, volunteering can stretch you beyond, mm-hmm. take you out of your comfort zone, as it were. Were you taken out of your comfort zone absolutely i think um as sort of a bit of an introvert and someone that's sort of starting out in various things um it was just scary to actually you know sign up and just just to do it just to walk through the front door (laughs) just doing it and just showing up and you know having those conversations Mm. being yourself i think that's the scariest bit in a sense but it's also the most rewarding part Mm. um yeah how did you end up as a trustee then i mean obviously first of all you responded to to can yeah and but but what was the journey like actually then to becoming a trustee because there's many many opportunities with can yeah so i actually first started out as um a volunteer marshal at the vaccination hub when it same as peter yeah similar to peter when it opened in february i'm not sure what day it was but i think i started on the saturday in the first week and um it was it was really like stark it was so amazing to go there and same as peter it was just the feelings of anxiety and you know what to expect how is this going to go because it was also new at that point in time um, and we had so many sort of unanswered questions but i did that volunteering for a few months as and when i could um, and it was brilliant the i always left with a smile on my face and just feeling boosted and it was in more ways than yeah literally (laughs) that wasn't intentional but yeah (laughs) yeah it was great and um yeah as time went on um my time my ability to commit my time to the vaccination center kind of decreased and um i just thought i don't want to stop this i really want it to carry on um and the opportunity of the trustee came up and yeah just you went for it 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 was a no-brainer yeah (laughs) well that's the thing isn't it because uh, i guess that you dip your toe in the water and you were certainly doing that and of course like peter you were to a certain degree putting yourself in potentially in harm's way the vaccination center because we were dealing of course with a very virulent you know virus and so did it cross your mind that you might be at risk yeah it was um definitely a little bit scary um again to just sort of turn up and i think like many people i didn't exactly go out much in the pandemic i was really nervous of covid still am um and yeah there was a lot of feelings of um just anticipation not knowing what's going to happen you know whether you're going to like see people in hazmat suits and stuff it (laughs) sounds crazy but yeah at that point in time you didn't know but 
it's it's the risk you take for the greater good. But I suppose as a volunteer, you know, you would have moved literally sort of uh, 360 degrees, wouldn't you? Because you would have started out with this, probably the, many of the fears that many people coming to the vaccination centres would themselves have had. You know, will I have a reaction? What am I going to be? What happens if I get this dreaded thing? You know, whatever. So putting people at their ease would have been a big part of what the volunteers at the vaccination centres did did you find yourself having to comfort others yeah definitely my sort of primary role when i was the marshal was to sort of triage people on to see the nurses so after they'd sort of come in you know signed in so you, their got, name, you got their details and yeah. yeah i was sort of standing near the waiting area near the queue which was kind of a really interesting humbling experience just to you know say just small talk with people about the weather and you know how they're feeling today Um, and some people I spoke to they hadn't left the house in a really long time and it was really interesting to hear them how they were feeling about that you know grateful for them being able to come and get the vaccine and stuff Um, it was really interesting I think it was really beautiful to just have those little moments with people and those little experiences of just getting to know them and mm. saying, you know, off you go. <laughs> no doubt you, you, you've probably heard the term, stop the roundabout, I want to get off. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, I suppose that life can be a bit of a roundabout, many ways for, for many of us, but if nothing else, the, the experiences of the last two years have stopped the roundabout in a way and mm. opened the door to things that maybe we hadn't considered. Um, have you found that, you know, like in your normal everyday life, I mean, you said that obviously you're a fairly private individual. Clearly you've put yourself out there, Olivia. You've become almost like a different person. Have, have you discovered things about yourself in doing that that surprised you? Absolutely. I think since I started doing volunteering, the main thing I've learned about myself is that it's it's just so brilliant and it's it's what I... I love I really enjoy it um I just think it's so great and you know I love lots of other things as well but while the volunteering's there the opportunities are there I think it's it's just such a brilliant thing to do and um yeah the skills you can gain from it like your confidence and all kinds of things like that it's so worth it so people listening to us right now uh, who are thinking shall I shan't I volunteer and all the rest of it we don't worry we're going to help you to know how you can volunteer in a, in a second because at least we'll come to our aid in, in that one but how would you recommend it um i would say definitely research the kind of charities or organizations that you'd like to work with get to know um their sort of clients and their audience and um just make sure that it's the sort of thing that you're comfortable with doing um and then i'd say just go for it just yeah just take that dive and do it because you never know if it's not for you it's not for you you can try something different but i think nine times out of ten you won't regret it this is hope fm well, our big focus today is on volunteering. And my goodness, I don't know whether you've noticed, but we, you know, when I was talking to Olivia and to Peter there, that both of them, I mean, Olivia works in marketing uh, and, uh, and adult education. That's right, Olivia, yeah. isn't it? And, and Pete, you're an, an accountant, a boring old accountant, you know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But in, in both of their cases, um, Liz, neither one of them had actually volunteered for the area in which their skills and work are. They were both doing something completely different. Is that typical? Yes. I think I find that quite a lot with um, different people coming forward. When I see that they may be an accountant, I think trustees straight away for a treasury, you know, that type of thing. But they're, they're just saying, no, 
I want to do something different now. I want to to sort of use my skills in a different way, which is absolutely fair enough. If you've done something for years, you're wanting to retrain or just get involved in something else. And and yeah, I think a lot of people are are doing different things. So, Pete, uh, was was that a conscious thought for you? Uh, yes, it probably was. Well, actually, no. You didn't want to be an accountant volunteer. <laughs> uh, no, definitely didn't want to be an accountant volunteer. What, you know, why, why would I sit in front of a screen doing accountancy like I did during the day for 35 years? Uh, I could just stand in front of people and, you know, you had to spend a minute with me, at least every person that came through the vaccine centre. And that really worked well for me because I couldn't meet people during the isolation and lockdown. So I really enjoyed that. You know what comes to mind to go where no one has... Yeah. gone before <laughs> so Olivia was that was that true of you was was it a conscious decision to do something completely different I think so um it's sort of I'm not sure to be honest it just sort of happened really um my role is quite independent I work on my own quite a lot which is really enjoy and I really like but um I just wanted to yeah gain some experience in kind of working as part of a team and as part of a wider community um which has been really exciting and it's it's been fantastic now of course uh, i can just see it people leaning into the radios now and thinking i i want to stick my toe in that in that <laughs> water and of course you're going to help them Liz, aren't yes you? yeah um so you're doing this series of fairs throughout march yes what will happen at those fairs to just you know if I, if I was to turn up what would i experience well we've got um at least 12 different organizations at each fair so we've got three days all uh, voluntary organizations yeah all voluntary organizations so um they typically have a table with um, banners um which pete helps them put up he's going to be our go-to man on those days um so he'll meet and greet all the organizations but just um yeah come along have a chat with them they'll have um, information to hand out but it's just making contact with people and having a look and seeing what is out there um, and and sort of you know seeing what you want to do really now you're doing a guided tour of the conurbation let me just tell you the dates yes, and yeah. where, where you can go so it kicks off on the 7th of March over in Poole mm-hmm. and it's going to be the Eco Hub which is the first floor of the Dolphin Centre over, uh, over yes, in, right. in Poole and that's running from 10 o'clock to one o'clock yes and then moving to Christchurch where I live mm-hmm. uh, that's on the 9th of March and it's going to be at the Druitt Hall in Christchurch that's right uh, just behind the high street in, in Christchurch and again one o'clock slightly longer one o'clock to four o'clock yes over in Christchurch and then in Bournemouth over at Winton yes uh, on the 11th of March and that's going to be at the Footprints Community Hub which is 290 Wimborne Road. Uh, now, details about if you can't remember this, all of this will be on the CAN website, which is uh, can100.org. Yes, that's isn't right. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's Under right. Oh there's, oh, there's a number that, that they can phone again for more information. Yes. Which yeah. is uh, 0122 166 How do you go about Do organisations come to you, uh, Liz, and say, you know, we'd like to participate? Yeah, we we um, decided we hadn't done an in-person um, volunteer fair. I think the first one I did was online in uh, 
June last year and then we did one for our um, volunteers at the BIC in September but this is the first one that we've done for the local community and we wanted just to get back out there and see people face to face so we put out the information to our members and um, ask who wants to book on and they, they fill out a form and, and put their names forward so we've had loads of interest actually in fact so much so that we think we're going to have to do some more um, because it's some been more brilliant. affairs yeah. yes yeah, yeah definitely well of course I mean, I mean, it's breakout time, isn't it, mm. in a way? And, and I guess although the Prime Minister has lifted a lot of the restrictions and asked us all still to be responsible, but, but actually one of those things is to build the confidence. Because I think in both in both your case, Peter, and in your case, Olivia, I mean, you, you both had a bit of fear about launching out, didn't you? And But you, but you did it. Um, I, I mean, for somebody who's a bit apprehensive, I mean, what, what, would, you, what would you say to them, Pete? Um, I think just go and talk to the charities, see what they say, and dip your toe in the water. You know, just go and give it a go. Maybe shadow somebody or just, you know, go and sort of... Fish your fears. Yeah, Yeah, just go and do a couple of quick sessions and and just see how it goes. I mean, you've lost nothing and you're probably giving something to people that, that, that... that's great which is your mm. time and uh, you know your skills so yeah go and give it a go and Olivia how would you yeah I definitely agree I think in terms of sort of Covid and being anxious about it on that front I think definitely talk to the charity or the organisation that you're working with voice your concerns and you know I'm sure that there's a way that it can be done safely and in a way that you're comfortable with and over time your confidence will build naturally mm. with your role anyway. I mean, and there's a proliferate of opportunities, isn't there? Mm. I mean, we we focused in on the vaccination centres and obviously yeah. that's still going to be around, but so many opportunities. Yeah. We've got um, people like Prama Life coming along, Citizens Advice, Naomi's House... Uh, girl guiding helpful hounds just to name but a few um there are there are so many organizations that will be coming along and you know the roles would be really varied from admin to gardening to befriending they're not just the bog standard that you think of when it comes to volunteering there's lots of interesting roles out there and of course the other thing i suppose that we should mention is the voluntary organizations themselves because there there will be some voluntary organizations that maybe haven't yet discovered can you know no i know uh, it's madness. <laughs> so, so if you're if you're part of a voluntary organisation or you're doing any sort of work and you haven't registered uh, with CAM, what should they do? List? Yep. So they can go to our website and there's um, it's cam100.org and you can go on there and there's a button about membership. So it's all free, completely free, and you can fill out a form. And we can offer you loads of advice and support if you're members with CAN. Um, it's a brilliant organisation to to be connected with. How is, how is CAN itself funded? Because I mean, obviously we talked about the, 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 sort of the, the much-needed resources mm. to keep organisations going. And, of course, CAN is itself a voluntary organisation. Yes, yeah. how, how have you managed to, to keep going? Lots of different ways. So um, BCP Council, part fund us. Uh, we have funding through different projects that we're running, so through the NHS, um, and various different sort of avenues um, really along the way but yeah, those are the two main but it, it's just brilliant you know we we are out there we're supporting lots of different organisations and um, our names out there and people people are getting to know us yeah <laughs> absolutely well as we as we sort of pull things uh, uh, together uh, what have we what have we not mentioned uh, 
uh, Liz, that you maybe you want to get across? Um, I would say if anybody's interested in volunteering and they haven't thought about it before, contact me. My details are on the website. I'm happy to do one-to-one chats with people. Um, I can sort of navigate you through our website. I can talk to you about volunteer roles. I, I'm really good at finding bespoke um, roles for people um, and something maybe that they hadn't thought about before. So, yeah, contact me. I'm happy to chat. And how do you deal with the whole fear thing? Because what, I think it was one thing that, that Olivia uh, said that, you I mean, just the very thought of, of you know, particularly if you're mm. a, a more private person, you know, yep. as many people are, you know, you know, to, to take that sort of step, because we're all thinking, you know, oh, you know, maybe I won't fit mm. or whatever. Fear is a big... Definitely. A, it's a big factor in, in, in stopping us all doing yeah. stuff, isn't it? I think um, we're... we're really fortunate that we can work well with um the organizations we can sort of arrange maybe a taster session for people who are anxious about coming along and doing volunteering for the first time we're always around if if somebody wants a you know a bit of a friend to come with them um you know we're we're, we're there we're there to support and that's what we do and that's what we enjoy doing now liz um I should be putting you on the spot because I was saying it was all very well you coordinating all these volunteers. <laughs> but what you're are you a volunteer? Yes, I am. I, I'm a parent champion, so I work with parents and carers together in BCP Council um, and Sendias. Uh, I go to a secondary school in the local area and speak to parents with children with special educational needs and um, help them through my experience of of that. And what uh, put you on the spot as well? And uh, in, in terms of your role as a volunteer, you yep. know, again, step doing things mm. out of what you would normally do. Mm. How has that helped you? Um, well, actually, I think I agree with Pete and Olivia. It was quite scary to start off with having the the training and thinking. Actually, will I be able to do? what what i've been sort of put forward to do um but it's so worthwhile when you speak to parents particularly for myself that have children that have got challenges and being able to offer them advice and support and just sort of you know to let them know that they're not on their own when it comes to um their situation so yeah i'd say try it see if you like it and just yeah turn up <laughs> and I suppose the thing that we haven't mentioned and we certainly should mention is that that when people volunteer, it actually makes a huge difference. I mean, I'm thinking about many, many people who are isolated in mm. their homes and many volunteers taking them food parcels and doing all sorts of things. Yeah. All of the all of the voluntary effort actually is to serve fellow human beings, in, yes, you know, definitely. in one form form or another and of course it's when you see the difference that volunteering makes. Have you have you both found that? seeing the difference that your volunteering has made. Absolutely. Just the ability to be able to sort of stand there in the vaccination centre or just have a conversation with someone at any point and just to be able to put a smile on their face is it's the best feeling, I think, isn't it? It's, it's been incredible to, to have the people come through and, yeah, just make people laugh a little. It, it, it's... Uh, because people have had a really stressful time and actually, to you know, there were relief on people's faces and they've just broke into a smile and they were like, I finally made my appointment it's, and it's, mm. it's going to happen. It was, you know, amazing. <laughs> so uh, check out one of those those dates, both on Pool on the 7th of March on Christchurch and the 9th of March and in Bournemouth and Winton on the 11th of March. Check out the, the website can100.org. Most important of all... 
get up some courage and volunteer. And as we go out of the programme today, well, a big, big thank you to all of my guests, to, to Olivia, to Peter, and of course to you, uh, Liz. And, and And to you for joining us on the air. Well, I'll be back with you next week, same time, same place.